If you're up in the mountains and you're looking up into the sky, Montopos is really just showing you the illumination of the stars as they're showing their glory out there. So this contradiction, we are all, uh, they're going to catch us eh, as we move. <laughs> we have gone through the introduction. That's why you should come to church. <laughs> now, so as you are out there, so as you are out there in Mantopos, it, it is dark, but the, the stars are just shining, and the moon is out shining. If you are in Blawai, the, the, the lights of, of the streets, they just, uh, just cover you up. They, they don't show you the stars. In other words, my brothers and sisters, this seeming contradiction is a good picture of what we as Christians should find ourselves. When we find ourselves in thick darkness, that is when we can shine the brightest. This is the message of Paul. The darker it gets, the brighter our witness. The darker it gets, the brighter our, wit uh, our, our witness. Paul begins by saying this. He says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, hmm, so now, not only in my, in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling and disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent. Children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain nor labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with you Oh, Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice uh, with me. Let us begin by looking at the first verse there. He says, therefore, my beloved, Paul needs to be affectionate with this crowd. Because these things that Paul is about to say to them are things that are hard to, to grasp or to take in, in the context in which they are in. Philippi was a place where all the generals of the Roman armies retired to. So Rome would honor them by giving them land in Philippi so that they go and retire there. So if you spoke anything against Rome, you would be putting yourself in trouble. These were men who held strongly to the fact that Caesar was a god. Remember when Paul walked into this city, he found a statue that was written what, to the unknown god. So here, Paul could not preach as if he was preaching to children. He needed to preach a gospel that was going to be strong. So this is the context where they found themselves in. This is where the statement, we have died for you, would have been said. <laughs> these are men who would stand up and salute the national anthem because these were generals who had actually reaped some riches from fighting in the army and from their nation. So it is a context that looks like our own very context in which we are in. 
And so we need to say to each other, my beloved brothers and sisters, we need to speak to one another affectionately because this message here that I'm going to be giving us, this message here that Paul is going to be giving us is not an easy message. As you have always obeyed, look at how he intensifies this. They obeyed in the past. Right? When Paul was present. But now he says, you are obeying much more so in my absence. He needs to pump them up. I hope you are being pumped up. Right? That you have obeyed when things were okay before we went to the votes. So since you obeyed before we went to the votes, I need you to listen right now and obey too. You have listened when things were okay. So now we need to listen to one another that things may not be as toasty as we want them to be. Paul is in prison and he's asking them to listen. He says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but more so in my absence, wake out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will, uh, both to will and to do His work for His own good pleasure. Work out your your salvation with fear and trembling. Why do they need this condition to work out their fear, their salvation with fear and trembling? Is Paul talking about justification by works here? No, Paul is not talking about justification by works. Remember, in, in chapter 1, verses 5 to 6, he says, For I am confident that he who has begun a good work in you will accomplish it until the day of Jesus Christ. And here he will emphasize that it is God who is working in you both to will and to do. Rather, what Paul is saying is that He's, he's agreeing with the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember in Luke chapter 10, uh, verses 17 to 20, the disciples had gone out to witness and they came rejoicing to the Lord Jesus Christ and said, we saw people being healed, we cast out demons, we saw wonderful things. And Jesus says to them, the 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Uh, I hope the demon casting brothers are in here. This is your, your message here. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Wake out your salvation with the fear and trembling because waking out your fear and, and, and uh, your salvation with fear and trembling does two things. First of all, it assures you that you are not taking God's great grace for granted. Number two, it becomes an automatic witness to the watching world. So how, how, how are you doing with the working out of your, your salvation uh, through the results of the elections? Hmm? Right? And then he proceeds. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do. Do all things without grumbling and disputing. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. So are you telling me that 
I should not have an opinion? Are you telling me that I should not have my own reading of the results that we've had? What does it mean not to do things without grumbling, without disputing? Rather, what Paul does here is he goes back to the book of Numbers. In the book of Numbers, you remember that uh, with the, the Moses generation, there were people that could not make it into Canaan because they disputed and grumbled against Moses and against God himself. Paul is taking us back there and he's saying that make sure that you have no offense against God or against his servants because you will not make it into the next uh, uh, generation that, that is supposed to be children of God. Actually, we will, we will get there uh, pretty soon. Because in this verse again, there are two ladies that Paul would say, please appeal to these two ladies not to fight against each other, but to be reconciled to each other. I wonder why sometimes in communities, church communities, there is a wow going on between ladies. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Make sure, make sure that these ladies don't fight against each other. Because when we fight against each other, when there is grumbling and disputing amongst ourselves, we undermine the witness of God. I know that we don't, you know, I know that there's some that um, um, have undertones, you know, some, some, some have been of, of the other color of the party, some have been of the other color of the party, but please let us make sure that that does not cause us to grumble against each other. Because the number one thing is we need to make sure that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is not undermined by our opinions or by what party we support. Do all things without grumbling, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. In the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. The results have come and I know what's happening right now. A lot of us are polishing up our passports, right? It's time to go to Canada. Maybe it will be better then. I, I just need to, to, to get away from this crooked and perverse uh, Zimbabwe, right? I, I, just, I just need to go to Canada, Australia or America. Here I come. Right? And yet Paul says that you shine in the midst of the crooked and what? Perverse generation. We as Zimbabweans are privileged by God. We are blessed by God because we have been given a platform of darkness to which we can shine as luminaries in the sky. This is a perfect place for a Christian to show their true identity. This is it. Let me polish up my passport and run away from Zimbabwe because it's a corrupt environment. Because it's a crooked place. We shine in the midst of a crooked generation. That's what it means to be someone who belongs, who has got an identity to another, a citizenship. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. According to Daniel chapter 12 verses 1 to 4, 
if if uh, if it will allow us to read, I don't know. It's it's flashing up and down. Um, it, it's all right. If if we be allowed to read, according to Daniel chapter twelve verses one to four, Daniel basically says this. He says, "And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life." Zesa is gone, right? Some to everlasting life. And some to shame. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. In other words, what Daniel sees here, he sees what's going to happen in the eschaton. What is the eschaton? In the last days, when Jesus Christ comes to reward us all, he says that we are going to shine like stars in the sky. Paul quotes from there and Paul says that which is going to happen in the future is actually happening now. You guys are already shining like stars. In other words, you are living the eschaton now. You are already showing that you belong to another dominion. You belong to another space. Your citizenship belongs in heaven. You are shining like stars. But Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of, of the end. Um, let, let's move on without, without it there. Holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. So he says this, that you are shining like stars, but also you are holding on to the word of life. And Paul says this, I am so assured that this word that I give you, which is the word of life, is actually going to bring you into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So what kind of a word is this? In order for us to understand what kind of a word this is, let us go to um, uh, Acts chapter 5 verse 30. In Acts chapter 5 verse 30, the angel of the Lord has just re released Peter and the other apostles from prison. And after releasing them from prison, he says to them, go and preach this word of life to many. So in order for us to truly understand what this word of life is, we better understand the testimony of the angel. So then Peter, after being released from prison, then Peter stands up in, in now, this is chapter 5, verses 29, he says this, Peter, but Peter, and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at the right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel for forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey. This is the word of life. The word of life that Peter appeals to is the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ came and died on the cross, was humbled and but raised up by God. This is the word of life that Paul says it is going to bring you uh, to glory. I think maybe let's, 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 let's close it because it's, uh, it's messing me up here. It's flashing like a, like a disco light.
So Paul says, I will know that I have not run in vain because you're holding up to the true word. Verse 17, even if I am to be poured out as drink offering, the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. I asked my audience in the morning and I said to them, is it possible for us to rejoice in this context that we find ourselves in? Is it possible to rejoice in this context that we find ourselves in? Because who is this individual who's asking us to rejoice? Within the two verses, verses 17 and verses, verse 18, Paul says it four times. I rejoice and I rejoice with you. You rejoice, you should also rejoice with me. So Paul says it four times within two verses. We are being called by a man who is in prison to rejoice. Remember, he is not saying be happy. He is saying rejoice. Why would Paul say rejoice? Paul would say rejoice because Paul has got an example in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have read about from verse 5 to 11. The Lord Jesus Christ came and demonstrated truly what it means to be a citizen of heaven. He came, became man, was not overwhelmed by, by being man, shone the light to the Father was even killed on the cross and was raised by the Father. And as a true son of the new, uh, of the new heaven, he was raised up by God and it, uh, has been raised up and exalted into an exalted position. And Paul says this. He says, even though I am being poured out as a drink offering, you are the sacrifice and I'm being poured out on top of that a sacrifice. He says, I rejoice. Because what happened to the Lord Jesus Christ is also happening to me. What also happened to the Lord Jesus Christ is possibly going to happen to you. However, remember this. We belong to another dominion. We belong to another kingdom. So I ask the question, how are you doing this afternoon? Where is your heart? Let us share with one another three points as we close our sermon this afternoon. I'm not long-winded, you know that. I, 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 I quickly finish. Number one, let's share with one another this thought. Number one goes as following. Are you listening? Are you listening? Paul says, you have listened in my presence. Now, so much more you are listening in my absence. We have heard people saying this. I don't know what to listen to anymore. I mean, how many times have we heard that statement? I don't know what to listen to anymore. Let us decipher that statement a little bit. What is the person actually saying? The person is actually saying, there are things I want to hear and I'm not hearing them. So I'm asking you the question, are you listening? Not, not listening for what you want to hear, but listening for what God wants to say to you. 
Number two, are you working out your salvation with fear and trembling? Are you working, am I working my salvation with fear and trembling? Or have we gone to that place where we are now taking God for granted? Even in this context that we've gone through, are you beginning to wear your salvation whether it's worth it or not? Paul says, work out your, your salvation with fear and trembling. Why? Because the world is watching. Remember, this was Philippi. Even Paul could only convert a woman. This was Philippi, where the men of the men stayed. The men who did not take nonsense. The men who looked Paul and said, we would hear you again. In other words, we are not only going to be convinced by words. We want to see your words and then we want to see your actions and then we will be convicted. How did Paul convict people in Philippi? He says that they are beginning to hear the word now that I'm their prisoner. Eh? The Roman guard is now hearing the word of God because they have now imprisoned me. This was not an easy place to be. So, are we working out our salvation with fear and trembling so that people are even convicted by our lifestyles? Because we are people that belongs to a new citizen. Citizenship. Number three. Are you seeking that which causes you both personal and corporate joy? <laughs> Am I seeking that which causes me joy, but also the joy of the community of God's people. Remember, Paul says this, I rejoice, so you should rejoice with me. You rejoice, so we should rejoice together. Am I just advancing my own opinion, advancing my own take on things, and disregarding the community of God's people? Paul says, I have something to rejoice about. But it is something that we all should be rejoicing about. And that is my citizenship in heaven. Is your citizenship in heaven so serious that it can cause you to actually rejoice? Impact you every day? Oh yeah, no, no, no. Zimbabwe, so, you know, yeah, I have no joy. We are to be people of a different narrative. Our joy does not end with the ballot box, neither the proclamation of the results. Even if there was to be a new president and a utopia, an ideal Zimbabwe that has got carpeted roads, that has got lights everywhere, that has got businesses functioning, Christians will not be satisfied with that because. We are citizens of a different world. So stop having a short vision about your identity. Your identity is not about turning Zimbabwe into South Africa or turning Zimbabwe into America. That is a small vision so far as what we are called to be. So why are you scared? If you truly have a vision 
and you know that you don't belong fully on this world, why are you sad because of the results that have come out? You belong somewhere, you don't belong here. Are we saying you should cop out? You don't understand, Paul. If you think this is a message about us saying, just cop out, just surrender, then you don't understand, Paul. Paul is speaking from prison. He has been imprisoned by the system in which he lives. Rather, what we are saying is, make sure that you are a light in every space that you occupy, because that is your calling. Right? Christians don't cop out, but Christians shine bright, is what that lady said. Shine bright like a diamond. Come with us, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Father, we don't want to be those people that are ungrateful, who just grumble and complain all the time. Father, we have had what crookedness and perverseness can give to us at this moment. Father, there are victories that we, 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 we are, can enjoy right now. And there are losses, though, that we, we are saddened by. But Father, we thank you for the fact that you are calling us to a new citizenship. A new citizenship that has already begun, oh God. Help us to live as those that belong to the next kingdom. Those that truly belong to the light and not the darkness. Father, cleanse our hearts, guard our minds to be the minds that are connected to you. May we even begin to rejoice like what Paul is saying, that we should rejoice. May we rejoice because we know that you, O Lord Jesus Christ, have overcome the world and that old dominion belongs to you. So we glorify you, Lord Jesus Christ, and exalt your name, knowing fully that, Father, we belong to the next heaven and you have ushered us into that. May your name be glorified through Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.